I don't know. Yeah, man. I mean, it's like there's different. I mean, believe me, man. If they if they offered me to come back and play John Connor, I would I would I would suck dick for that. Honestly, <laughs> at this point. You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. I would suck dick for that, honestly. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Hello, retro movie lovers. I hope you're enjoying the spooky season. I'm here joined again by one of our all-time favorite uh, grave diggers here in the movie graveyard, Zach. Zach, what's going on, man? What is up, babe? It's I'm like, ready to get a plate of fucking, uh, you know, sliced up bananas oh, and some uh, dill pickles and some hot yeah. dogs and, and some nice uh, mustard bananas. To drizzle on yeah. top. Hell yes. <laughs> mustard on bananas. I'll tell you what, if you ever have like an upset stomach... That that plate of food right there. <laughs> that's yeah, what you want to go had, with the fix. Exactly, that's the trickster special. He eats that yeah. in the movie. I know so it looks it's amazing. Donk! I get hungry every time I see that scene. <laughs> always break. Exactly. You always got to break your diet once you see what trickster is eating because he's got he's, he's got about uh, sixty eight hundred calories on that plate of pure garbage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> fucking, you want to grow your fingers out long like him and yeah. just fucking eat that all day. Yeah, I was watching a video. I didn't know this, but um, there was a video of uh, my boy Slohan Seagal signing his um, his papers to become a dual American-Russian citizen. He was at a table with Putin. And uh, I'm not kidding. They did a zoom-in of him signing his name on his Russian passport. And uh, old Steven Seagal, he has some trickster fingernails. <laughs> Hell yes. You got to. I know he's amazing. He's good at everything. He probably plays classical guitar. He has to grow those out. That actually is why he actually plays bluegrass guitar. So yeah, yeah. in the blue. So that that is why he finger picks with his uh, cocaine thumbnail. See why they give that fucking guitar? Remember that like Esteban guitar where you yeah. could like watch the DVDs and learn how to play guitar? They should have gave it fucking signed it with him. Oh, that would have been play better. Guitar I would have bought fucking, two of them. Exactly. Amazing. Zach, are you excited that it's October right now? It is. We are fucking. We're outside. We're together. Yeah. And it's a, it's a nice freaking cold, uh, you know, October night and fucking, you know, we're we got a fire going. See, this is what me and Mac do. We we try to set the mood. Yep. Like, yeah, we're we're around a fire. We'll mm-hmm. put like sound effects of a fire cracking, and like yeah, we we don't break the continuity. It's dank. That's right. It'll be um, Halloween here in a couple of weeks because. Today's October 12th, to be exact, and um, a lot of, uh, I think there'll be a lot of uh, trunk or treating going on this year. Oh, yes. I, I've been buying up all the candy, putting it in the fucking little, you know, I'm, it's always hard because it's like, do I want to give this to kids for free or just eat the shit I already bought? Exactly. Exactly. I think I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to put, I'm going to buy one of those like folding tables like they use in wrestling matches, and I'm going to cover it in candy. But the candy's gonna be like exactly like one foot apart, so when the kids come up, they can grab it and still not be close to you know exactly. where, where other See, people touch the table. Like if they try to like cancel freaking Halloween, that's gonna be super dumb because yeah. 
like you know they're not going to cancel shopping for Christmas because like oh right. no we need to sell products still yeah like, we need oh. to get that cheddar but like outside you're less likely to fucking you know transfer COVID and it's like exactly. how are they going to like justify that like oh no Christmas is still going but Halloween has been canceled yeah we don't care about that <laughs> exactly. So yeah, we're rolling along with. I'm not gonna lie, like like this has been one of my favorite movies. Like I would say this is this has like been in my top 25 of movies like ever since um you know I originally saw it as a teenager in the theaters and oh, everything yes. like that. Um, I like. Are you with me, Zach? Is there any other movie you can think of from the 90s that's more underrated than Brain Scan? No, I was thinking that, yeah, it's it's really over or underrated. And, like, yeah, to me, it's a flawed classic. Like, it seems like, uh, like, we'll talk about it. But, like, yeah. the, the beginning and the ending, it seemed like they fucking, they didn't know how to, you know, start it or end it. So, yeah, we'll talk about that. Because, like, yeah, there's a weird fucking, like, just the way they wrap it up. And then, like, the weird little PS at the end. It's like, yeah. that shouldn't even be there. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't make any sense. And I'll point it out here at the beginning. But th- this film actually takes place in, like, a almost, like, I don't know what you would call it. Dante's Hell, like, time loop. Like, mm-hmm. like a, but we'll, we'll get to it. So, we'll go ahead and get it rolling. We have a pause at literally the zero mark. Um of the blu-ray uh because yeah because like the triumph films logo which i i think i need to talk about that too uh, a little bit uh when it comes up here but like triumph that was that fucking little puppet dog right it was he had his own film company but it's it's, yeah i can't i can't and he always had uh, like a little cigar that was always falling out of his puppet (laughs) mouth but uh yeah so I'm going to say one, two, three, go. We're on the zero second mark right before the Triumph logo flies up. And uh, the subtitles describe the Triumph logo. Very funny here. I'll, I'll explain it in a second. But uh, we got a remote in hand. I'm going to say one, two, three, go. When you hear me say go, please press play on your remote. You ready, Zach? Mm-hmm. Everybody, one, two, three, go. All right. Hell yeah. There's that shiny logo. Uplifting music. It yeah. Says. Yeah. Yeah. The, the subtitles, they say uplifting music for the Triumph logo. So it tri- is triumphant. It is. So Triumph is like a company that ex- has existed and not existed about four different times, Zach. Like it's really uh, weird. Yeah. It's um at least at the at, at the time that this movie came out, it was owned by Sony and they did a run of about ten or twelve. You can look on Wikipedia for Triumph releasing. It's really weird. Like it's this like distribution arm. I guess when they don't want to like put the Sony name on it, they're too embarrassed of Sony names. Gosh. Uh, so they put it out and like it came and went like this was kind of the longest run of it they put about 13 14 movies out over a two or three year period um like around 92 93 94 and then like recently i think it was like four years ago they like they hadn't used the name in years and years they brought it back to release one movie that like it was some no-name horror movie i forget what it's even called oh do you ever notice that the dog has the foot in his mouth there yeah that's what i'm talking about see the dog is running with the foot which first of all it doesn't even like make any sense why you're like showing the dog at all but he has the foot (laughs) in your mouth which i'm assuming yeah i'm assuming they're just reusing the shot yeah yeah, because they they need some footage to play while this is going oh t Ryder smith he plays the trickster you know who could have played the trickster if they remake this movie oh for sure Polly shore oh him but i was thinking Ryder strong oh yeah fucking boy meets world hell yeah he actually would probably be pretty good in all honesty because he was pretty good in cabin fever like 
Oh, yeah. They both got Ryder in their name. Yeah, so th- this dog running, I'm assuming if you guys are listening, or at least the majority of you guys, you guys know the whole plot of Brain Scan and what happens. But the dog running with the foot in his mouth, there's different ways to take it. I think it's like, you could just say it's a fuck up of the reason the shots act, but like, I think it's also time is kind of being fucked with here. Cause like, we're even in, like, right now, like, the footage of the dog running, it then cuts to a flashback that happened like 10 years earlier. So, mm-hmm. or maybe not 10 years earlier, probably, but they don't say exactly, but six or seven years. And this is when, uh, uh, well, it's not even Eddie Furlong. It's a younger actor. As young as Eddie Furlong is in this movie, um, <laughs> it's a younger Eddie when Furlong. I was, like, every time I picture this scene, because, like, it's something like, oh, yeah, that scene where Eddie's crawling. I always picture Eddie Furlong doing it, but it's a younger You know, I did, too. I did, too. <laughs> it's, it's easy to picture him crawling away in a fucking stormy night. Like with a, a fucking skin knee and shit. Like he's yeah. just like I blame the the skate fucking boarding culture. Oh, yeah. Too much skateboarding because that haircut. Blamed, yeah, yeah. He blamed Tony Hawk and shit. Like they never do. They even talk like with dialogue. Do they even say like, oh, his mom? Like I know they say something about his mom being dead, but like, do they even talk about like the car accident later, like at all? Like that's what's implied. See, he's got a skin knee there, but yeah. like. uh Fucking uh, the trickster later says that his mom abandoned him. Yeah. It's like, were there rewrites going on? Like, maybe like uh, I can see him being like, oh, he's just fucking with him. Like, oh, she abandoned you, but she she died. Like, he's just fucking with. Him. Like, yeah. So it's like, is that a bone sticking out of his knee there? It or? is. It's a nasty. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. The the mom's the mom abandoning you line. That's almost like something um, uh, Frank would say from Hellraiser. <laughs> mm-hmm. I gotta point something out real quick. I can't even like really like do it you know imitate the but you know the theme song to to brain scan that like that more notably that plays during this scene and throughout the movie uh just a bit of trivia i remember there was a three six mafia you know who three six mafia is yeah yeah it's hard out here for a pimp Uh, i always i always notice that it looks like they welded his fucking knee back together yeah like that scar is like so perfect when in reality like the whole thing would be scarred up but yeah three six mafia they used to take like um samples from uh like their first couple albums or their mixtapes or whatever i had a cd my friend gave it to me Mm -hmm. so i don't know exactly what albums these songs were from i'm guessing they were earlier in their career but uh they would take just like random songs and soundtrack music and make rap songs out of it so they Mm -hmm. did one with the unsolved mysteries theme (laughs) it was dang (laughs) and then they did one with the brain scan theme which was actually pretty awesome too so they were fans of the brain scan yeah yeah oh yes for sure see like uh it's really weird like yeah they they mentioned his his uh mom is dead yeah. They don't really mention it, but, like, you just get that from the the flashback. And then, like, yeah, like, his knee being fucked up comes into, like, later on, because uh, later on in the movie, he leaves evidence that he was uh, there yeah. at the crime scene because of his limp. Right. So, which, like, yeah. Which, which the limp comes and goes, too, but we won't yeah, talk exactly. about Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, when I was watching it, getting ready for this, whenever uh, the dog comes and takes the uh, the foot for the first time and he starts walking after it, I'm like, why the fuck is he limping? Yeah. I was just like, oh, did they just write that in to be convenient? Like, oh, the dog gets away. But it's funny because the dog never gets away with the foot. No. But then the dog has the foot. <laughs> exactly. It's really confusing. Well, also, also, too, like, they kind of show the dog, like, whatever 
like in the woods with the with the, its master, whoever's walking it. But like, I think in a weird way, like the dog is actually trickster. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Yeah, because the dog has the foot, but like, like I don't know. It's hard to explain. But again, it's my time looping theory. It's like yeah. It, it's he, one of those things too, where it's like any plot hole can be explained away because it's like, oh, it's basically all a dream. Kind exactly. No, like I, like I said, I, I think this is the most underrated horror movie of the '90s. But I do have one complaint, and it's gonna it's gonna sound like a beta cut complaint, but it's I think it's valid. Like this is my only problem with the movie. Okay, so mm-hmm. we find out also too that Eddie Furlong is a peeping tom on this girl. Right? Mm-hmm. She gets naked. She shows her boobs. Like, she knows he's recording. And I would be fine yeah. with this scene if, like, they don't show that she knows that he's recording her or watching her or whatever. But he actually is recording her because he, like, watches it later and jacks off. But um, <laughs> but anyway, like, they do this little shot, which I think it would have been better if they just cut it out. Like, this little shot coming up where she's, like, sitting here, like, and she's, like, watching. Like, like she knows that he's watching. They should have cut that yeah. out because later in the movie, they, they totally try to play it off, like... Like, you're not sure if she really likes him or not. It's like, she obviously likes him. Why would she be teasing him with a strip show every night? You know it what I mean? is, yeah, it's like it's like it was written by a guy with split personality. And he, like, <laughs> this personality didn't know what the other guy wrote. It's really weird. Apparently, it was written by the guy that did, uh, uh, what was the movie? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. And also, also, too, because... Um, uh, I gotta admit, uh, I should have watched all the special features. I only got about halfway through them. Um, they were quite boring, with the exception of the trickster interview. I like that guy; he was good. But they did like a thirty-minute interview with the guy who wrote it, Andrew Kevin Walker, which I believe he gets pretty much the credit. But like, he was working—I can't remember the name of it—but he was working for like some shitty low-budget company, and this was supposed mm-hmm. to be like a super cheap direct-to-video movie. And like, he wrote this version basically. That then got rewrote and rewrote, and so like a lot of the stuff that's in the movie, like even though they tried to use his name because like Seven was coming out later and shit, like at the same time, like there's a lot of parts about the story that he didn't really come up with. You know what I mean? It does. It feels like it's written like very fucking uh, kind of haphazardly. There's stuff that yeah. just like it doesn't make sense. Like yeah, but it's like stuff that like if you're not paying close attention, you might not even notice. Yeah, like. This girl right here, uh, Amy uh, uh, Greaves is her name. Yeah, she was in a movie more recently that I really like called the, uh, Blue Ruin. You ever watch that? No, I haven't, and it's kind of one of my shame spots because I remember Trev raving about that right when it came out, and it's been on my Netflix list forever. And I and like, there's actually been times where I go, oh, I should watch this, but oh, I need to watch something else before this fucking expires or gets deleted or something. And I like, I never get around yeah. to it, but I actually really want to see it. It's really good. The director. That movie, and then he did a movie called Green Room. Yeah, which I love. I, really I got the like Blu-ray them. of that. Yeah, yeah. They're good. Check them out, babe. I got to see it. But I was... I was yeah. The, the one thing I remember, the, the difference in the scripts between Ed, uh, Andrew Kevin Walker, his, he didn't even invent Trickster, dude. Originally, the Trickster character was just going to... You, you know how you hear his name like when you dial up the game or whatever? Mm-hmm, like, that was yeah. the only time like Trickster it was just a voice, basically. Yeah, I remember that. I watched that uh, feature a while back when I got the Blu-ray. And, like, yeah, there's a lot of weird things, like, with the movie. Like, oh, uh, he gets the game. He puts the game in, but it's not the game itself. He has to call the number. Right. It's really weird. It makes no sense. (laughs) 
<laughs> I guess it's because, like, uh, maybe virtual reality, like, like they didn't just. It, it's all like new technology that wasn't made yet. Like, how does this yeah. happen? Like, you somehow like want to do this? <laughs> <laughs> you can't even do that now. <laughs> exactly. But uh, it yeah. like, came through his mouth. <laughs> like, what happened there? <laughs> See, what if that's the thing? What if the Hollow Man just showed up and like had sex with him real quick? And just busting out in his face. <laughs> he did come. I guess it's supposed to be drool, yeah. Yeah, he came through his face. But at least pre-cum. <laughs> like, what the hell? In case there's just anybody, Zach, who, like, hasn't seen this movie and is just listening to a, a, a podcast episode just to listen to, you know? We gotta explain mm-hmm. that, like, because Eddie Furlong's mom is is dead. His dad is, um... His dad's just not there, away on yeah. business or something. They, and, they explain it one time in the movie, and it's never mentioned again. Well, kind of, I guess. Yeah, and like he pretty much grew, like grows up like a rich kid existence. He again, like I think I was talking about this recently with somebody. Is like eighties, nineties movies. Everybody, like cool teenagers, always lived in a cool attic, like almost mm-hmm. like an apartment, not even a bedroom. Like because he really has like yeah. his own fridge, kitchen, everything up there. It seems like the parents are just kind of not there out of plot convenience. Like when I yeah. watch it, it's like, oh, it'll be easier if he just doesn't have parents there. Yeah. But we don't want to make him adult. We want to make him a high school kid. So we'll just write that the dad's away on business. He's staying at home alone. That way we don't have to explain why the parents aren't noticing that he's like leaving the house bloody and coming home right. bloody or whatever. And, and super sweaty and shit. But yeah, yeah, so basically he has this like awesome setup. Like he has like a computer area. Where he has like a computer with a Igor, like literally an Igor, like a like almost like a Siri or whatever Cortana would be now. Yeah. And he just tells it, "Hey, dial this number, dial this, do do this," and it goes, "Yes, master." Oh. Which, by the way, the trickster guy does that voice too. Um, no, dang. Yeah. So he's like, a, he's a big voice actor now. He does a lot of video games. You ever played Bioshock? I have, but a long time ago. He was the main character in that, and he was in the third game as well. Yeah, nice. Yeah, like uh, so. Basically, he's like all super technology. He has that awesome video camera. He can spy on the girl, and like he takes video. He takes like like uh, you know tapes of her, but somehow they end up in his computer and on his TV. And like he has mm-hmm. a dank ass TV, which like I always thought I was impressed. I remember being blown away, Zach, when I saw this in the theater, being like, "Oh, he has like a widescreen TV." But it, it's really just like a tube TV with like a big plastic filter over the top that makes yeah. it like look widescreen. See, I'm jealous. You got to watch this in the theater. Yeah. Like you watch like fucking the Bill and Ted movies in the theater. Like yeah. I want to swap bodies with you. Let's do the face off shit. <laughs> Even though that wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't be able to relive your life. No. But we could do it anyway. You could take my face off. Off. But uh, you, you know what really sucks too is... um. The theater I, I saw Brain Scan in, um, so I actually saw a lot of. I probably saw half my childhood movies in. Of course, does not exist anymore, and is a uh, a, sh- a shitty um, uh, restaurant now. I can't even think of the name. Called Cheddar's. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a restaurant chain called Cheddar's? No, but it sounds vaguely dank. Yeah, they it's got really sweet ass cheese curds or something. Yeah, it tries to be like a more soulful uh, Applebee's, if you know what I mean. Oh, Applebee's is lame. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm more of a TGI Fridays guy myself. Me too. Yeah. Fucking uh, hashtag soulmates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
So yeah, ba- basically, so yeah, like Brain Scan is this game. Um, I don't. I'm assuming it's yeah, it's a computer game. I'm just confused mm-hmm. because he puts it in his computer and then he goes watches it like across the room on his TV. So that, <laughs> that always kind of threw me off. You know what I mean? It's, it's very conflicting ideas going on at the same time. Like I feel like the technology in Brain Scan, this 1994 film, is uh, way more advanced than what we have now. Yeah, like if like that game, like it always has to have that like phone line there yeah. to play it. Like what yeah. if the what if the company goes under? Like would yeah. people just not be able to play the game? Is the game essentially just a screensaver that plays? Well, like, like yeah, like because you know he's supposed to wait for the disc or whatever, but like when he just calls it the first time, like some <laughs> the lights fight. and they explain later that like Trickster explains later that the way the game works is it it, it works how does he say it? like it's like a hypnosis and they yeah. and they use flashing patterns on the tv to put you that, into the hypnosis that begs why did why does he need three or four discs when yeah. all that's new is this what they're saying on the phone probably yeah like, it's so weird but yeah they kind of just explain it there he's like oh my father my father and he's throwing it down and then he gets brain scan and like yeah uh, apparently there's a goof there it says he like the mail is like it says new jersey but like right. his area code when he calls is like pennsylvania, pennsylvania. yeah, yeah. Weird. Well, well also too my theory of time looping and showing the dog running around zach is um is like when he was like flying home there on his cool little moped you know sticking with his john connor type of character always little kid on a moped type thing uh like the, like he drove past like a murder which he mm-hmm. didn't do because he hasn't like gotten his disc yet. So somebody else in the neighborhood must be playing Brain Scan. Yeah, that's what I thought of as a kid watching the movie. Is the yeah. dog walking at the beginning just somebody else playing the game? Right. Maybe kind of like trying to make it make sense. Right. Because I mean, like if everybody's getting the same disc and they're getting the same mission, I think it would be. You know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the dog does, even though we don't really know what his house looks like at the beginning of the movie, like, the dog does clearly take it to his house, so. hmm yeah. Which begs the difference, like, maybe just the dog, whatever, I don't know, maybe just the dog is like, I don't know, like, like oh, he yeah. just, he knows what's coming type of thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't make, let's just try to make it make sense. There's yeah. the, there's Iron Maiden. Eddie there. The thing that's interesting about this movie is like he, you know, he's he's obsessed with horror, which that I don't know about you, Zach. Uh, by the way, how old were you roughly around the time that you first saw this? Probably around eleven or twelve, I okay. think. And uh, I discovered it from like digital cable, which was a uh, like that's how I discovered a lot of movies, like digital cable. Like I was flipping through channels. I want to say the first time I didn't see it from the beginning. I was flipping through the channels and I landed on it, cut on the scene coming up after he plays the first disc, and then he does that weird ass fucking like that weird like he's all sweaty and he drinks yeah. milk and he gets it all oh, over himself like a fucking idiot. That warm milk, I, yeah, yeah. I land on it right as it like he's got like. The fucking milk running down his face and i'm like isn't that the kid from t2 yeah. and then i was just glued to my tv through the rest of the movie like that's a, always a good idea to like make a movie and like make the main character like like into horror movie like that's always gonna like connect with like horror fans even yeah. more like even though like obviously when they make it for the first time they want to appeal to like people going to the theater they're like yeah pretty much like you know just a handful of people are gonna be able to like 
appeal to that. But like, you know, it's going to become to make it a cult movie. Like, hell yeah, that's the kind of people that are going to be watching it. So you want to put stuff like that in there. Yeah, exactly. Also, oh, yeah. also besides his his uh, f- uh, Fugazi uh, widescreen TV, he has like movie theater type speakers in his room, which I always was impressed by. Yeah, like studio monitors and shit. Yeah, and then he has that weird chair. But yeah, like what I was saying, what was weird before when he initially called the he was just calling the number to have him send him the disc or whatever. Um, and it's supposed to be that it flashes that shit through the TV, but like he, it was this. It looked like the light was coming from the ceiling the first time I noticed. Yeah, that that's what we were. That's what I was saying when he came out of his mouth. I yeah. guess it's just jewel or something like. Yeah. They somehow made it, and that's how that's what got him to buy the game because it's like, okay, you convinced me. Like this is something more than just a normal game. Well, I can't remember. Like I don't even think he really buys it. He just calls and tells them to send it. <laughs> <laughs> how did they what is their business model yeah. and we should say like uh this movie came out like i believe it came out in 1994 and like he's constantly has all these like posters on the wall for fangoria and him and his buddy kyle are always on the phone talking about fangoria and like every time they talk on the phone with each other they're each holding up like a copy of fangoria but what's weird is yeah. like they all have like copies that like even at that time were like three or four years old like they just got all these yeah. super old fangorias like if you know, like, this movie, like, the trickster actually, like, whenever he was at the description and everything, they did that with the intention of making him, like, the new, like, Freddy Krueger, yeah. right? They wanted to kind of franchise and, like, which is funny because, like, at the end of this, how would you make a sequel? Because, like, any sequel you watch, it's going to be like, okay, as soon as they play the game, everything's, like, not real. You're right. Like, how are you ever going to be invested? <laughs> I guess they kind of imply at the end that, like, yeah, it was a game, but maybe some of it was real. Is it because right. Trickster Show? It's it, it's it's like they couldn't decide how they wanted. Well, I think they imply too that like once once you like you know get hypnotized by this game by the TV doing the flashes and all that and get into your brain perception, like mm-hmm. you'll always see Trickster on some level. Like, yeah. Like if if you beat it the way Eddie Furlong does, like kind of like. Like, he won't have power over you. Like, you won't get all scared, you know what I mean, about all this shit. Mm-hmm. You won't believe that it's happening. But at the same time, you can always still see him. I, I did always think that was a cool touch. Mm-hmm. So, like, basically what the game is is a murder simulator. So, Eddie, yeah. Eddie Furlong, this is like... And I think this was really ahead of its time because, I mean, there weren't really... Shit, there's probably just Wolfenstein, maybe the first Doom at the time. So, like, first person wasn't really, you know, a big deal back then. Yeah, I noticed while I was watching it, it seems like they, like, very, like, badly cut something out there. Because, like, the music, like, jumps. Mm. But, yeah, we we talked over it. So, yeah, I always wondered that. It was weird. Well, yeah, so, like, this is very, like, Giallo-inspired with the with the mm-hmm. the rubber glove, the black gloves and shit. And I don't know why, like, if you got this feeling at all, because this movie's very 90s, Zach, but, like, this sequence inside this guy's house, like, I swear to God, when I watched this the other night, like, there's something, I think it's just the guy's house, like, the shit that's in it. Like, this scene, this whole murder scene, it feels like something from an 80s movie. Like, it looks 80s, it feels like 80s with the type of horror. It does. Like, uh, when I was watching it getting ready to record, uh, I was like, like, I kept forgetting it takes place during, like, it was made in the 90s. Because, yeah, it does feel 80s. I'm like, yeah, there's random scenes where you see, like, uh, in his room, he has the Freddy's Dead yeah. poster. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, oh, this was supposed to be, like, a new Freddy Krueger. And it was well after they killed him off, basically. So they wanted to, like, corner that market. 
make I, a new guy. I noticed that too, and like compared to the other posters, old, like they went with more classic horror posters, or whatever that they showcase, keep showing over and over. Like the Freddy's Dead poster, you could barely see it; it was like way in the background behind the staircase. Like they, they yeah. almost didn't want to show it too much. You never, like, you never get a good look at it. You, like, right. unless you know it for, by heart, you probably won't even notice it in the movie. Yeah, you just kind of see the edge of it. Like, like I've watched this movie a billion times. Um, like. I want to say I just saw it when it came out, and I don't think I ever saw it on VHS. Um, mm-hmm. And then when the DVD came out, I bought it like right away. Like I remember being super excited. Like I think by the time it came out on DVD, it was probably like four or five years after it was released in the theater. And like I watched it so many times. Uh, yeah, I remember that DVD was out of print for a while, and it was mm-hmm. going for a lot of money. And then it like kind of came back into print as like a like one of the movies as like a five pack or something. Mm. Yeah, I, I was waiting for this to come out on Blu-ray for a long time, and then like Shell Factory announced it, and it was like it's loaded with special features, but it's like not like this this fucking soundtrack right here is like interesting by the way, like song playing. Yeah, I don't know what it's fucking creepy and it works like it kind of sounds seems like it's like it was made for the score but it's like sounds like a band playing yeah i know what you're talking about like the music is like it's kind of weird too because like they try to be like with, with like all the shit like they have aerosmith posters up in both kids rooms like they really try to be like all about this moment in the 90s like you know what i mean with this movie exactly we Oh yeah, this is probably when I turned it to here, and then like yeah. I was lucky enough to like brain scan. I watched the rest of the movie, and I was like, "This seems like this is what well, what a great idea for a movie." Yeah. Like it was never done like this again. Like, uh, you know, like oh, uh, he gets a game, it's it's like a murder simulator, and then like the next day he sees on the news that that murder was real, and he freaks out. Like, holy shit, what a great idea for a movie. And it was like no, like they did it like this, and I don't think like they ever really did it again. Which is which is weird because when virtuality got really big a few years later, you think they would have like done a lot of similar type movies. You know what I mean? See, look, a fucking like nine year old me is turning it here like, holy shit, fucking sweaty Edward Furlong with white stuff on his face. I gotta watch this. That that says something about me. It does. He's he's so sweaty. And keep in mind, he was like passed out for an hour plus playing the game, right? (sighs) So that milk was sitting there for a long time. Exactly. It was so warm when he chugged it. See, look, he's seeing real life right now because, like, when he comes out of it, the, the party still is happening. Right. But I don't think he knew it was happening before he no. started doing it. Well, well, it's like literally there was really only one disc ever of brain scan if you think about it. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, when the movie at the end, when it wraps up, um, you know, he goes over there and it's like, yeah, it's like he's stu- he, it's all the same night. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a, a pretty fucking dank. But yeah, I was lucky enough because I I didn't see it from the beginning. I was like brain scan. I watched the rest of the movie. I'm like, this seems dank. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to go to my local video store and they had the VHS there. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah! Like usually you go there looking for something and they never had it, especially if it was an older movie. So the uh, I think for sure, you know, I never thought about it too much. Whatever, I think for sure. And, like, you definitely get the feeling that it's fake later, like, the way it wraps up, the way Frank Langella starts acting, you know, later on mm-hmm. in the climax. Um, but, like, I always took it, like, 
when I, you know, initially saw the movie that Frank Langella was like a real person in the real world, but I don't think he is because they don't yeah. show him until like the first time when he, cause he does, I don't know. Again, I don't understand the logic the first time when he just dialed the number, but he did stroke out cause the lights made him like black out. And mm-hmm. then it was like the next day he, he was coming up from school and saw Frank Langella. Yeah, possible. So like either Frank Langella was never real or literally the only time he actually saw Frank Langella was just just a coincidence, whatever, murder, accident, whatever. And he was just the cop like on the street being like, hey, kid, are you from here? Whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I guess yeah, you can awesome. decide either which. But, yeah, it's interesting. They probably want to play with reality since this is like, oh, yeah, we're going to it's going to be like the new Freddy Krueger. So we want to fucking yeah. they probably like they'd have to like branch out and do things that like are in this movie. And kind of explain it away, like, oh, he could do that all along, so that you wouldn't always know what's going to happen. Like, oh, yeah, the game, you know? But, like, unlike some movies where, like, they really, like, you know, it's obvious that something fake is going on. Like, this one, like, they show the girl's parents just sitting in their house talking and shit. Like, you wouldn't wouldn't think that you would see that stuff if, like, all this wasn't real, you know what I mean? Uh, I love the parents' reaction here, too, because they turn on the TV, they see that there's a big murder close to their house and then he like reacts as if like oh shit and then he's like i gotta go and they're acting like really like confused like i would just assume holy shit i feel bad that must have been like somebody knows house like they're just they act like what the fuck is wrong with that kid yeah they give him no benefit of the doubt and it's funny that they show this, like, VHS-type footage on the TV of, like, the crime scene, all this blood split. Like, they would ever show that on the local news. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But again, it's not really happening, so. See, it's weird, like, the way he kind of starts talking to the girl, too, because he he mentions, like, he's never talked to her before. Unless, like, they have, but I didn't get that from, you know, watching the movie. But, like, you know, he he's going there to, like, tell her that he likes her for the first time there. He gets fucking, you know, sidetracked and leaves. But the next time he sees her, they kind of, I think it's when she brings his homework to him. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, as if they've talked before. And it's like, was something cut out? It's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know. It is It is weird. And like you said, it is like a nightmare on Elm Street. Maybe you can, like, explain it all away by saying, like, oh, yeah, it's in the dream. It makes sense, like, it, or not a dream, but, like, kind of like a dream. Like, th- things happen in dreams that don't make sense, and you don't question them while they're happening. And then when you wake up, it's like, how, why was I doing that? That doesn't make sense. Exactly. So it kind of works. Should we talk about this director for a second? Because I was actually shocked to find out who this director was. Like, when I saw this movie, like, obviously, we're not talking about it because we're not, like, listening to the sound, really. But, like, this movie, I loved the soundtrack at the time it came out. It had all these bands, like White Zombie and Pitch Shifter. Like, this Mm -hmm. is the movie that actually made me a Pitch Shifter fan. Uh, So it kind of had, like, this hip kind of industrial rock soundtrack. Like, I always assumed some young guy did did this movie, but it was actually an older director who've been uh, named John Flynn, who've been directing movies since 1968. Um, Hell yeah. Some of his most notable ones was, I didn't realize he was the director of Rolling Thunder. You ever see that movie? Hell yeah. With Willem Devane, yeah. Tarantino's a huge fan of it. He actually named his production company. Uh, he also did a movie called Bestseller, which I just saw recently, which is like kind of cheesy, but I actually really like it with Brian Dennehy and James Woods, where like, Dennehy is an author. He's like, he's like a... 
a cop who's like also a best-selling author and then he meets this criminal is like oh help me do all these crimes and you can write a book about it um mm-hmm. he also directed the stallone action movie lock up which is about stallone going to jail and then in 1991 he directed my boy seagal and alfred justice alfred justice i'm looking for richie oh, the, the, yeah that's one of the best seagal ones Hey, you seen Richie? I'm looking for Richie. Oh, you don't know Richie? You don't know if he's here or not? Well, here to... And then he just like smashes their faces in with cue balls and shit. <laughs> and then John like Flynn died in 2007. He did. He did, unfortunately. And then you think after like like literally like doing lockup and now for justice back for back, uh, he do some big shit. And then he did a couple TV movies. And then he did Brain Scan, and that was pretty much it. Like his last movie was 2001, and it's like really some no name movie with Stephen Baldwin in it. But um, you and me, like, we know that the actor who defined a generation was, um, you know, no, Eddie Furlong, of course. Oh, yes. And uh, this is a good time. Trickster's actually coming out of the TV, materializing some great CGI effects, like (laughs) cartoony. But at the same time, like, I kind of like them. Um, Very cartoony, yeah. This is what our our boy John Flynn said about this movie. He says, The main interest for me was the trickster character. The trickster was the core of the movie and what attracted me to the script. We found this actor, T. Ryder Smith, to play the trickster, and he was extraordinary. However, Eddie Furlong was a 15-year-old kid who couldn't act. You had to slap him awake every morning. I don't want to get into knocking people, but I was not a big Eddie Furlong fan. <laughs> Fuck. So this he guy, this guy yeah. could direct Stallone and Seagal, but he couldn't direct Eddie Furlong. Yeah, was Eddie Furlong on the drugs by this point? You know, I don't know, but like those those close up shots of his mouth when he's in the chair, I was actually kind of sad to see because uh, Eddie Furlong still looks pretty young. He already had the stained smoker's teeth already in this movie. Yeah, like the purplish smoker's teeth. Exactly. See, uh, I was gonna mention that too. Like the the oh, this scene, like this scene creeped me out when I watched it. Like he's yeah. just listening to Primus, but as a kid, I didn't know who Primus was, and I'm like, what is this fucking gibberish devil music he's listening to? It's creepy sounding. It, it really is a weird ass song, even for Primus. <laughs> and like his like his dance, like I think it's what really sells the character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this whole sequence. If this scene wasn't done right, like the trickster character would have been a flop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They could have like had a team up with the trickster and fucking uh, what's his name from uh, Trick or Treat? Who <laughs> the little oh Sammy Kerr? Sammy Kerr, yeah. yeah. Now I don't know about you, Zach, but the thing that always freaked me out about Trickster was he looks like I mean he looks freaky, but he looks kind of like a regular guy. Mm-hmm. But a regular guy with like fake skin—that's what would creep me out about it. Yeah, they like seeing it in Blu-ray. It makes me think like, did they put like an appliance on his chin mm-hmm. and like maybe stretch out like put something on like his cheeks, like so that he could push his face out and make it kind of stretch out? It looks weird. Like they did something. Yeah, like the the way that and it's like you know you can make like a you know like a big slimy green whatever inhuman creature. But sometimes kind of the the freakiest shit is the stuff that looks like 90% human, but then there's just something slightly off about it. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
But uh, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention like maybe that's why the chick next to him lets her film uh, her naked because you think like nobody would want like even if you like you don't want them having like fucking you know nude images of you. Yeah. They could just show that to people, but she's okay with it. She must have realized like holy shit, I'm living next door to that kid from T2. I want some of that T2 money. Exactly. You know, so I'm gonna fucking uh, I, I want him to like hell yeah. Well, she probably wanted to get the money before the uh, the math tutor who he hooked up with stole it all. Exactly. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. He was dating like a girl way older than him. Like twice his age, yeah. See, this is totally like the scene from the Nightmare on Street yeah. 1. Yeah. Or, you know, Freddy's Dead where he's like, you know, fucking breaking his hand. Keep on ticking. But as much I as like it... that, though, he's like, they can pluck out my eyes. Yeah, he first he's like, break all my fingers, and he's breaking them off one by one. And then he's like, pluck out my eyes. Yeah. But you can kind of explain it away, though, Zach. Like, as much as it probably was just inspired, like a ripoff, whatever. You can mm-hmm. kind of actually, you know, explain it away in terms of, like, we know Freddy exists. Well, not Freddy, but the Freddy movies exist in this universe. Like, you could see the game makers. like like Like, all video games, you know, like... George Romero made Dawn of the Dead, so the the, the Japanese dude made uh, you know Resident Evil. You know what I mean? Biohazard. It's mm-hmm, like you could expl- yeah. you could explain these game makers. You know, as much as this movie was trying to make the 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 next Freddy Krueger or whatever, like you could explain that in this world that the game makers of Brain Scan were trying to make it like uh, you know like Nightmare on Elm Street type thing. Exactly, and that's how all art is, really. Like, any band is just taking things they like about other music and, uh, hell yeah, just putting their own spin on it. Exactly. And this is where, like, uh, basically he finds out, Trickster tells him, you know, there's a clue you have to get rid of, and that's the foot. He found it in the freezer. Because, like, mm-hmm. when he was doing the mission of killing the guy, he's like, oh, you got to take a souvenir. And, like, the, the, this totally, like, square middle-aged man somehow had, like, a snake tattooed on his foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I guess the, just so that whenever you see it you were like oh it's the same like they think we're dumb like we'll, we'll yeah. think it's a different foot or something exactly and this uh, is where the dog comes into play for the first time yeah this dog magically which again like there's no way any of this is happening you know what i mean but this is a great scene i remember watching this for the first time like he's got to yeah. go get rid of the foot like he's got to hide it somewhere and the dog just stumbles uh, upon him as he's in the woods trying to bury it and and you know he gets a hold of it in his mouth and he's got to fucking try to stop the dog from running off and getting caught with that foot. Cause that'll fucking, that'll be the end of him. And like, that is a, like, it, it's an effective scene, like trying to get the dog to not run away and shit. That, that would be like heart wrenching. I, I think yeah, like, look, now he's, he's limping there and I was yeah. like, why is he doing that? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like yeah, you, you don't notice it whenever. Yeah, because like he, if he didn't have the limp, he would be probably be able to catch the dog. You know what I mean? And he's got the limp because yeah. of the knee that we saw yeah. at the beginning of the movie. Exactly. It's easy to forget. That's yeah. genius screenwriting right there. Exactly. I wonder if that was the guy that wrote it first or one of the fucking countless other writers. But I, I always laugh whenever the dog kind of gets away and the music fades out. But then he comes back and it fades back in. It's like a video game mm-hmm. when you're like hiding from the people looking for you and they walk away and you're like, okay. And then they start coming back. And you're like, oh, shit. The music comes back. Exactly. 
<laughs> I think I think honestly, like you're right. Like this scene's really good because, like, I think when you like see this like movie, you know, for the first time, and you don't see it for years and years, I think you're at least my main memory for years till I saw it again on DVD was I kind of remember Trickster coming out of the TV and dancing, and then I remember this scene with the dog and the foot, and then like also like just the scenes of like Frank Langella like threatening him and shit. Mm-hmm. Which speaking of um. Cause I know you're younger than me. Um, I like, like to, it is kind of weird, but to me, Frank Langella is Dracula. Cause, mm-hmm. cause like, I remember like, not only did he play Dracula in the movie when I was like super young, but like there was actually toys that like had his face and shit on it. And I had a Dracula toy. Uh, yeah. that was from that toy line from that movie. And, uh, See, have you, have you ever seen that Dracula, Zach? Is that, uh, the one with the Reeves in it? No, no, this was uh, like 10 years before the Reeves, or maybe 12 years before the Reeves. Yeah, I mix them, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I haven't seen many Dracula movies at all, actually. Yeah, yeah Gary, Gary uh, Oldman was the one yeah. in the Reeves. Exactly. See, the dog didn't get the foot. Mm-mm. He got the foot, and uh, we're to believe that he, he burned it in his fireplace, right. destroying the evidence. So it's it's so weird that the dog comes into play it has the foot layer. It's so weird. I know. It, it's like a an alternate, like somebody rewrote the script and just didn't like bother re- reading the rest of it. Well, it, <laughs> well, you it's know, so it's weird. The the what I got out. Of, well, I mean, I guess we'll kind of get to it more when it comes up later. But like, the thing I got out of it was like, yeah, it was like where tricksters like. Because tr- Trickster's like, are you forgetting something? And they showed the dog running with the foot. And so, like, no, we didn't forget it. You wrapped it up already. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it clearly was sh- some shit for some alternate version, some alternate take, whatever. Yeah, it's very weird. I, I kind of always felt bad for Kyle right here. Yeah. He seems like a nice, he seems like a cool friend. Like, he's like, I, I, I haven't been feeling good really. And he's like, oh man, is there anything I do? It's like, you're an asshole to him and he seems cool, dude. He's super cool, yeah. He just—I think he's just being a dick because he really wants to get back to that foot burning. Exactly, and he mentioned there, if you didn't notice, like, oh yeah, there's a cool, uh, there's a killer in our town. That's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, that's not cool. Somebody died. He's like, oh, I didn't mean cool. Like, it, that's kind of how you look at it when you're a kid. But like, I noticed when I watched it, apparently he saw somebody go in and kill him, right. and he never mentions like I I saw something. By the way, it, it, like. Maybe you could assume like, oh, he didn't realize it was his friend. He just saw somebody dressed in black or something. Right. But like either way, he you think he would have mentioned it there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now, yeah, now the girl's, you know, she's uh, at his door and she just kind of walks in and it's like, oh hey, what's up? It's not like there's no like, you know, I'm nervous because I've never talked to her before. It's just like, oh hey. Very strange. He's probably so nervous and sweaty because he's wearing three shirts right now. Possibly he's got the layered look. Yeah, that was big in the nineties. It was huge. It's, it's kind of like uh, grunge, uh, but not grunge. Exactly. Yeah, yeah like, this this girl, like I mentioned, she was in. Uh, she's in that show Homeland. I think she's the main character in that. So, like, yeah, she's got. She's doing bigger things now. But, like, yeah, I don't remember <laughs> much. About you, you think this girl has, grew up to be Claire Danes? Is that? Was that not her? I, I saw Is it, her isn't Homeland movie. like the terrorist show with Claire Danes? 
maybe she's just a different character. I mean, maybe I thought she was a main character. Although, because I never saw this girl, or at least I didn't think I ever saw this girl again. I looked up her IMDb thinking, oh, she must have never worked again. She actually has a super, like, long career. Blue Ruin, as I was saying, it says Homeland. It says Maggie Matheson. Maybe yeah. that's not the main character. Yeah, it's not the main The main character, I forget her name, but it's like they always make fun of her. Yeah, I guess I've never seen it, yeah. It kind of looks like, because uh, on the picture, it's a blonde chick, and she's a blonde chick, so I just assume. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, like, like that that opening nudity scene kind of freaked me out. Just because, like, this girl is such a good girl. Like, I just, it's hard to imagine her like doing it. Like, I think that was just more like the filmmakers being like, "We need some tits in this movie to sell it." Yeah, at first I thought like, "Oh, this is this is probably an, uh, just actually like a fifteen year old girl," but then yeah. it showed her boobs. I was like, "Oh." Must not have been. But uh, she's also in uh, Offspring. You ever see that movie? No. It's based on the Jack Ketchum book, Offspring. But then the movie Offspring isn't based on the book. It's, like, based on, like, the second book. This is really weird. But, like, I remember the Offspring, the movie, not being very good. Yeah. They're probably so confused they didn't know what book they were trying to make. Exactly. I have seen a couple of movies though based on Jack Ketchum. Ones the the girl next door was the one that freaked me out the most, kind of. Yeah, he he wrote a lot. Uh, like, yeah, he was big for a while. He died like three years ago or something. Yeah. Oh, she was also in that movie Super Dark Times. You ever see that? Uh uh-uh. It's about like kids and like a fucking really bad accident. It was actually pretty good, but then I remember thinking like the third act kind of dropped the ball. Like they didn't know how to end it. Mm. But like it was really good for like the first you know hour. So like I feel like this movie has kind of become a very minor cult film because I do see a lot of people talking about how much they like Trickster, but at the same time like I don't think those like died in the wool horror people who want every movie to be exactly like Friday Thirteenth would like this because there's really only one killing in the entire movie. Yeah, the rest of the uh, of the game he plays takes place off screen. Exactly, pretty much. It's, well, the when he kills people, but then like yeah. when he's when he's getting rid of evidence, you see that. Right. But yeah, I always thought that disc was cool, and yeah. the way he puts the disc in the computer is weird because it looks like he puts it. It's like uh, he puts it in a CD tray. Yeah, like and a, then puts a, it into the computer, like a caddy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like it, like he puts it into a cartridge and then pushes the cartridge in. It's like uh, I didn't have a computer, so I was like, "What is this weird technology?" So uh, maybe I was just able to like forgive it, <laughs> just like not realize, like, "Oh, I don't get this." I remember there was a little while while they were there while they were like doing the prototypes for Blu-ray. They were thinking about making it like that, where like it have to come in little cartridges because what they were afraid of was that because the data was like way closer together compared to a DVD that there would be much more scratch or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, the, then they came up with like a scratch proof coding. So then they didn't have to do the, uh, the which thing. works really well, actually. Yeah. Like, like I don't, I don't know if I have any Blu-ray that's like scratched. No, me either. You think, you think they would have just started adding that to like every disc made uh, like base media or something. Yeah, and like it, it's really helpful, especially nowadays, because you can hardly find any Blu-rays in any stores. Is um, you know, this happened to me both on DVDs and Blu-rays, uh, ordering through the mail, because uh, a lot of my DVD collection came through Columbia House, so it got shipped through the mail. 
And, uh, you know, you always get those loose discs, and I would, like, have DVDs that were, like, legit scratched just from shipping, you know, loose yeah. and bouncing around. But my Blu-rays, like, even now, I'm like, oh, shit, I got a loose one. But I always open up, and I don't ever see any scuffs or scratches on them. Mm-hmm. So really is a great invention. Yeah. But, yeah, he's all sweaty again. He's always sweaty. You think the continuity person would just like to see him wet? Yeah. Like, oh, sweaty <laughs> fur long. See, so, so like here, you can definitely, if you watch it on a big TV, you can see his stained teeth. Which is sad. Yeah. That fucking smoking. I know. Get into that at an early age. I know. That's why when you see him now, uh, if he's ever doing convention interviews, like he can't go one sentence without taking a hit off a vape pen. Dog. He's vaping now. <laughs> yes. He gets that dang shit in there. I guess we should talk about Eddie Furlong for a little bit. Um, I know there's, there's, you know, because he's, he's had some run-ins with the law, and he's had whatever, and, like, yeah, his career kind of, like, went sideways, you know, after a certain point. But if you just, like, count the maybe whatever eight years or so that his career was actually good, he actually, like, has done more good shit than a lot of people have seen or remember. Like, he actually had a very good fucking career. Um, one of my favorite comedies of all time is Detroit Rock City. Yep. One of my favorite buddy comedy movie, like uh, music kind of movies. I, I I think that's pretty much his last like legit movie. Um, mm-hmm. you know he had that cameo in Green Green Hornet, which was cool. But um, he was in the the, the remake of Night of the Demons. Yep. I, I'm actually they, thinking about rewatching they a that. lot of the movie in a, a room. Yeah. That was the biggest flaw of the movie. It's like, uh, like they spend like forty minutes in a room that they can't. Like, oh, we gotta stay in this room because it's protected. Exactly. So yeah, so I'm just gonna name off his early shit, and these are all good movies. Terminator Two: Judgment Day was good. Great then he, movie. Then he did Pet Cemetery Two, which I I think is good. I like that movie. Yeah. Then I haven't seen this one. I keep trying to like find it on cable, and it always like goes off before I can see it. But he did this one called pretty good drama uh, american heart with him and uh, jeff bridges where they play a father and son mm, uh also never seen that one. yeah also another one called a home of our own um which was like a he played a kid in a like it seemed like it was an old-timey drama i want to see this one too but he i mean it's like legit cast it's like kathy bates and all this shit like, mm. it, like it's like a legit movie and then he did let me go back real quick. Then he did Brain Scan. And the same year he did Brain Scan, I was going to ask you if you've seen this movie, Zach. Have you seen Little Odessa with him and Tim Roth? I don't think so. It's really good. Um, I think it's also one of his more underrated movies. But basically, Tim Roth is his older brother who's like a hitman for the Russian mob. Like they live in Little Odessa, which is like a Russian neighborhood in New York. And like it's mm-hmm. just a good like crime movie, and like Eddie Furlong's good in it. Yeah. Then, then he did The Grass Harp, which was a legit movie, uh, but I haven't seen. And then he did that movie Before and After with uh, Meryl Streep and Liam Neeson. I mean, think about it. Eddie Furlong was co-starring with uh, Meryl Streep and Liam Neeson in a movie. Yeah, wow. It's where their son, he plays like the teenage son who gets accused of a murder. Uh, then he did American History, well, I mean, then he did T2 3D, the, the amusement park thing, but... I've still never seen that. I've just seen it on YouTube, unfortunately. I think they demolished them at all the parks, so you can't even yeah. like go see it anymore. Then he did American History X, which a lot of people have seen. Then he did the John mm-hmm. Waters movie Pecker, which was a pretty good little comedy. Mm-hmm. Then he did Detroit Rock City, which is awesome. 
Oh, yes. Then he did uh, Animal Factory, which was directed by Steve Buscema. I have the DVD of that. It's actually a pretty damn good movie. It's just a prison movie. I've seen movie. that once. Yeah. It's a long time ago. And then after that, you get into shit like Three Blind Mice and Crow, Wicked Prayer, and <laughs> Jimmy and Judy and all this bullshit. But, I mean, think about it. From whatever, 91 to 2000 Animal Factory, I'd say that was actually his last good. Like, like. If if that was just like a uh, adult actor's resume and that's all they ever did, you would think that person had a pretty fucking awesome career. So like it, mm-hmm. like I, like I get that it's more like it's sad for his personal life, and I do feel bad for him because I was a fan of him for years, and he's in a bunch of movies I love. But uh, the guy got his shit in, like you know, before he got I guess really troubled. I mean, and to be doing as good at work as he was and good at movies as he was at a young age, hats off to you, Eddie Furlong. Like, I'll never call you a failure or a one-hit wonder or anything because you really fucking weren't. Hell yeah, there's great movies in there. Like, he uh, he got, like, yeah, like, it got pretty dark for him. Like, he was doing yeah. drugs. I, I, I remember there was a rumor where him and his girlfriend were, like, uh, in domestic abuse. Yeah, he charges. got arrested th- three times for... Uh, attacking all the same girl too monica kina so um really yes i really like uh, monica kina but um yeah he dated her like was it around the uh for years was it before they did that movie the uh they met on nine of the demons so it all started right there wow i didn't know that yeah and like i'm not a rumor monger but uh if you ever look up the paparazzi photos of him and her they're both i would say uh, equally disheveled, equally dirty. So, I think it's yeah. safe to say whatever problems Furlong had. Uh, unfortunately, I thought that's yeah. I thought that stuff happened like when he was more young. Like I didn't no. realize it was. Okay. It was. It was like within the last ten years, all that shit happened. So. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, how we're talking about Bill and Ted, I, I found a video clip of uh, Eddie Furlong at the premiere of Bogus Journey with his date Soleil Moonfry. Who uh, Eddie Furlong looked like a little tiny boy, like he did in Terminator Two, but uh, Soleil Moonfire looked like a full-grown woman, pretty much. So, <laughs> see, I would fucking give my left nut to fucking be Eddie Furlong. Yeah, not even to just have like be with a woman younger than me. I just want to be at that fucking premiere, hang yeah. out with the Reeves and oh, the yeah. fucking Alex Winters, man. Exactly, and then uh, then you can move on to Paris Hilton, I guess oh, Natasha yeah. Leone, whatever, but Monica Kina. I mean, the man has a way with women. Let's 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 not mince fucking words here. He's fucking uh, amazing. He's a yeah. fu- he, like, look at the. He's good looking. Yeah, he's a sexy beast. I'm surprised he he like he didn't get started as a model or something. Oh yeah. I have to say, unfortunately, though, you can kind of tell the partying catches up with them uh, in Detroit Rock City because then he has those giant bags <laughs> under his eyes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it works, though. He's playing a stoner. Oh, no, it works for that movie, totally. But, you know, I remember seeing that, you know, being all high on my boy Furlong. I'm like, oh, like, I can tell he's, you know, partying a little too hard. Yeah. This is the shot makes me laugh. I'm watching. Where Trickster starts watching fucking Three Stooges. <laughs> oh, he sits in that chair. Yeah, and he's slumping down. So we yeah we we totally talked over the fact that, uh, you know, his buddy Kyle uh, was a witness. And like yep. you said, it, it was a thing where, like, it not not necessarily that he didn't really know that Eddie Furlong did it. He just thought he saw somebody. Yeah, they they probably, like, more I thought about it, I was like, they wouldn't want to do that anyway because they want, like, he's going to do it to get rid of that witness. 
Yeah. And then whenever you find out it was his friend, that's the big shocking moment. Yeah. So they didn't want you to know before. And you don't see any of it. Like we said, it all happens off screen. And then, like, basically he wakes up, he looks in the freezer. Because for some reason, him or Trickster or whoever's really doing the killings, like, always leaves the evidence in the freezer. And he, <laughs> he sees his buddy uh, Kyle's necklace. Which, like, I'm never one to bitch about high school kids looking too old in movies. Like, I actually prefer that when people say, because I actually hate now. They're like, oh, they cast age appropriate high school. It's like, I don't like that. I don't like seeing little tiny babies. Like, unless, yeah. unless they're awesome actors like her boy Furlong here, which most of them are not. I prefer yeah. seeing people in their 20s, even early 30s playing high school kids. Especially if it's a horror movie where mm-hmm. that comes with all these things you want to see. Like, oh, yeah. we got to see sex in the movie. And if it's underrated, like, you can't have sex in the movie then. So but, it's just like right right away. It's like, oh, now I'm, I got, like, my expectations are low. Yeah. And, and like, both his buddy Kyle and the, the girl he's after, like, they both look... I mean, it's just because they're literally... It's, I wouldn't even say they're too old to play high school kids, because they're not. They're just too old to play a high school kid in scenes with uh, Eddie Furlong, because then it's obvious, you know what I mean? hmm But uh, did you check out on the, the Blu-ray, Zach, um, the footage of Trickster and Eddie Furlong driving around the movie studio? <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. I, I know I've seen it before on uh, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Furlong just got his driver's license, and they're they're like kind of doing skits, like like a Trickster pulls up and's like trying to wipe down his uh his windshield and shit for money, and like talking about oh you're such a big star, Eddie Furlong. Like and he, he's in the full Trickster makeup. Apparently, it was for like the scene that like later where they merged together. They had to shoot that on a special green screen because most of the movie was shot in uh, Canada, I believe. Yeah. But down at the movie studios in LA, they had to shoot some special effect shots. And uh, while and they, they're doing they that, took it out of the movie, yeah, yeah. And while they did that, they um, you know, took a video camera outside, and Eddie Furlong and Trickster started doing some skits, which is pretty cool. Yeah, maybe that's not the one they took out of the movie because they did do like kind of like a later morph. in the movie when they merged together, like yeah, like they did like a, a little effect. And they just cut that out of the movie. But they left no. the goofy CGI merging yeah. in there. Yeah. Which I heard you pop a can earlier. What are you drinking, Zach? Uh, fucking, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, sparkling water. I knew it. I fucking knew it. That's what every man trying to keep his weight down drinks, ain't it? Exactly. Like, uh, yeah. Like, I used to drink pop all the time. Yeah. Uh, like, uh. Mountain Dew was my go-to. And oh, like, that's yeah. some of the worst kind of drink. Yeah, it is. I, uh, yeah, I've been drinking a lot of sparkling water lately. I, like, because we were doing brain scan. I wanted to treat myself. I broke out the Haritos Mandarin flavor. You ever drink a Haritos? I haven't. Yeah, it's pretty damn good, actually. It's Mexican there... soda made with cane sugar. There's that fucking dish yeah. best served. Jeez. That's uh, how can you? My mouth is watering. <laughs> it's literally a plate of raw hot dogs, bananas that he then sprays uh, mustard all over, and then he eats the banana covered in mustard. I like that shot too. The reverse shot of him throwing yeah, the papers flying I into I his hands. <laughs> yeah. I've ever noticed that? I've always been too busy. Like, man, I'm hungry now. I want to get a fucking plate bananas and mustard like even as a kid i remember watching this as a kid and i was still young enough to where like you know, mustard was gross yeah for some reason every time like it seems like as a kid 
until you hit a certain age, like you never want to try mustard. Right. Like I don't get it. Like every kid's the same way. But yeah, like I ended up like really liking mustard and like never yeah. put it on a hand. Like I never like can even imagine myself putting ketchup on a hamburger again. Well, the, the yeah, the two things that um people are grossed out the most with food is uh onions and mustard and like i never had a problem with either because i grew up in cincinnati where we have like cincinnati chili and my favorite Mm -hmm. thing was like the they call them cheese conies which is just a hot dog with chili uh cheese and then like they always automatically spray in mustard and, and onions unless you ask for them not to put them on there so like i grew up with that taste of uh you know mustard and onions in my mouth so i never had to you know gross out over it the way most people did Fucking, you were raised like a real man. I was, I was. raised like a beta. <laughs> beta cucks. Which, by the way, I love the scene where Trickster cuts his hand and the blood on the notebook becomes a CD. That's actually a good digital shot right there. Exactly. And that this cool. So let's talk about CG for a little second here, Zach, in this movie. is like, like what I was saying, like, I know it's like really cartoony when he comes out of the TV and it's very quick, but you see all his organs and shit and like... Like, this era of CGI, I actually did not mind, because they always used it for quick shots like that. Like, even though it looked fake, they used it for quick shots, and then as soon as they could, they got back to the practical effects. So, like, I actually was not a CGI hater back in the day, because they weren't trying to use it as the main effects for the movie, you know what I mean? Yeah, back then it was, like, this is something we gotta do. It doesn't look great, and we know that, so that we try to do it as quick as possible, and it's something we got to do for things that we can't possibly shoot practically. So it, it gave it a reason and, like, made it, like, so that it wasn't just used for every, Like, nowadays, they'll fucking, instead of just putting some fake blood, they'll they'll put CGI blood, and it, it looks Ugh. instantly terrible. Terrible. It's the worst. The worst, and, and I'm surprised more. I like that little effect, too, where he just poof disappears and it kind of becomes like electricity something weird mm-hmm. but uh yeah. the the worst digital blood effect and i totally understand why they did it but it still looks awful um that people don't talk about is uh the movie joker there's a scene where he's putting on his clown makeup but it, but he hasn't like got it done yet and it's just all he has on his face is white and then mm-hmm. these guys come in his apartment he kills them and he shoots one guy like point blank and the blood sprays on his face but because obviously if you did that for real and sprayed the sprayed Joaquin Phoenix with blood, you'd have to like redo the whole makeup to do a second take. So he, mm-hmm. he has the white makeup on his face and then they just shoot CGI blood on his face. And it's so fucking fake looking. Damn. The worst. Doors. Which by the way, you were, you're talking about uh beta cucks before. Um, I gotta say, uh, I might invite you to it. Uh, it's nothing special, but I thought it was funny. You know how, like, on Facebook, if your friends are, like, in groups or whatever they're called, they'll suggest it to you. Like, hey, you want to join this? So, like, such and such, your friends are in it. Mm-hmm. Well, I had, yeah. I had one of those come up the other day for a group our buddy Bird was in. And uh, I said, why not? I'll join this group. It's called Movie Cucks. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. I'll have to send you an invite. And, like... They kind of like I kind of like it because they kind of make fun of like mainstream mainstream stuff quite a bit. It's just like goofy memes and shit. But um, I don't Fuck know. Yeah. So they should make a Beta Max group called oh, yeah. like Beta Betas or something. You know, I was thinking about it the other day, Zach, because I because I actually felt a little bad that you know we we both you know the last show we did together we covered Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and like it was one of our favorite movies from both our childhoods. We loved it and everything. 
But we hardly talk about the movie, and we spent the whole time just talking about Beta Cucks. Like, I mean, you would think if you listen to that show that we were the biggest Beta Cuck haters in the world. But, like, you can't really hate Beta Cucks, honestly. Like, if I love it, the Beta Cucks. Yeah, if anything, you want to be good friends with the Beta Cucks, especially if they have hot wives, because then they'll invite you over to come have sex with them, right? Hell yes. That is the dank. You know what I just, I'm reading here, trivia, there was a laser disc that was going to be released in Germany, but they canceled it. Really? You would definitely have had that and did a video on the, reading oh, the yeah. back of it. That would be amazing. I would have loved to have that. I would pay oh, yes. top dollar to have that now. Like that scene, the scene there when the girl's coming up and the, the wind's blowing her skirt up, like it's from a distance, but Angela's in his police car like a peeping Tom with a pair of binoculars. <laughs> Everybody spies on this girl. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yeah, he grabs his binoculars. <laughs> a buddy, Bat Thirty Two, would be like, "Hmm, that's a little sleazy right there." That's some sleaze. Some sleaze. You think the guy who casted the Aerosmith music video saw that scene? Like, I like the way he sits on that chair and looks up. Yeah, I I don't know if the timeline is right, but I was reading trivia of this movie, and they claimed he was already in the Aerosmith one, and that's why they put the posters on, but I'm not sure about that, in all honesty, if he had done it yet or not. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was briefly into Aerosmith, like, when they made their big 90s comeback. I had, like, two of their cassettes, and I saw them in concert, but I actually went to see them in concert so I could uh, see Guns N' Roses open up for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I always thought this was funny that uh, Frank Langella just breaks into his house to scoop out ashes from the fireplace. Like, What reason does he have to expect he burnt anything there? <laughs> well, he said before, like, when they came to question him, like, oh, it's hot out, it's summertime, and uh, which it's not summertime because the kids are in school, but, like, he's like, oh, it's hot out, and he has something burning in the fire. He wants to get rid of it. But I'm ah. like... I'm like, he would have lost his whole career if he would have got busted just breaking into somebody's house like that. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Frankly, Jello's like, I know he's burning that foot. <laughs> exactly. See, this is the second movie in a row where fucking this fascination with feet. The foot. <laughs> foot Clan. Yeah, Foot Clan. There's a foot that, like, has no reason <laughs> To be in a dog's mouth, but it's there. <laughs> I mean, it technically was in the dog's mouth for a few seconds, uh, yeah. but but, but, but it, it's gone. It don't exist. Okay, here's here's maybe a theory. I don't know. We'll, we'll float this one. Maybe everybody in the neighborhood uh, who's playing Brain Scan, like they're losing the game. Like they don't win it the way Eddie Furlong does. So when everybody else plays Brain Scan. The uh, the dog gets away with the foot, but there's just mm-hmm. a glitch in the game where it, it just keeps bringing the foot to Eddie Furlong's house on mistake. That is the best explanation ever. Yeah. I don't think you're going to find one better. Mm-mm. I guarantee it was just like whoever rewrote the script didn't bother reading the other pages. Mm. It's so funny because it's just basic shit now, you know, the technology age we live in. But damn, I was so, I mean, granted, I was like, you know, at literally Eddie Furlong's age in this movie is how old I was when I saw this movie. But like, I thought this, this, this room was like the, like, this was like half the reason why I liked this movie back in the day was this room. It was like, it was like the bat cave. You know what I mean? It was so mm-hmm. impressive with this, this technology he had that really didn't even exist yet. We were so like over preoccupied with like these big, Attic rooms, like this is the mm. second attic room movie we've done together. We did yep. uh, Idle Hands mm-hmm. and this movie now. 
that was yeah. like a there's so many movies like yeah where that was oh see now he's uh he's covering his tracks because of, yeah like he left that and, uh, and then fucking the, the trickster throws him under the bus yeah calls and says hey there's somebody in your yard like this is where they're like oh is the trickster like just trying to fuck up his life and stuff exactly like trickster doesn't see his buddy kyle has aerosmith poster too but um yeah like the trickster like he's always like michael you gotta get here and get the the clue michael you gotta do it it's like you're the one burning his ass nonstop, trickster making fucking i'm just a concerned citizen it's like where the fuck are you even calling out of like (laughs) don't forget he's also the guy that told him to take a souvenir take the foot take the foot Find somewhere to hide it. Yeah. He fucking must have t- told him to take his buddy's necklace. Yeah. Hide it in the fucking fridge again. Take the necklace, Michael. That's the only way to get away with this. Exactly. Fucking, he's setting him up to fall and then fucking doing it to fucking just fuck him over. I'm almost curious, and I've never heard that this was shot or anything, but I'm, I'm kind of curious if the death of Kyle was shot and then just cut for time because... It it seems kind of dumb that you wouldn't show him like with the black glove giallo style. You know what I mean? Yeah, just show it once, and then yeah. like maybe they do. Maybe they consciously did it. Like we don't want this to get you know pigeonholed as a slasher movie because it's yeah. not that really. It's uh, you know, kind of a psychological thing going on, and there's some thriller stuff going on. So like, yeah, yeah. maybe that was. We don't want to. You know, we want to have a new Freddy Krueger, but we don't want to just completely rip off. Everything. See, this is the second time in the movie he's able to fucking hide, yeah. just like blatantly right in front of somebody. But he, because he's like covered in some shrubs, like yeah. you know, shrubbery, they don't notice. Like, I want to live in this world where like you can hide that easy. The guy's like shining the light right on him too. Exactly, and he like he looks down and closes his eyes as if he's one of those people that thinks like, oh, as long as I can't see him, he can't see me. Well, you know what would have been great? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is always flawed logic but like the way they do that that scene where the guy's standing there like it almost looks like he's gonna start like pissing into the bush that Eddie Furlong's hiding under that would have been great and, he gets <laughs> and then he has to sit there with like all the piss dripping down his head but he has to stay <laughs> quiet so he don't get caught and it'd be another excuse for the fucking uh, person with the spray bottle to get a wet Edward Furlong I don't see why they didn't take it no, I think this is like a, a horror movie setting that needs to be used more because I find this really spooky that Eddie Furlong's like running around this like half finished subdivision, you know what I mean? With like these houses. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder when they show that in movies, like how do they do that? Do they just have to hurry up and get there and film before they finish building all the houses, you know what I mean? Exactly. See, why is this fucking teacher there? <laughs> yeah, the teacher's Because we should say, if people not following along, is like basically the whole town. Because now there's been multiple murders. The whole town is like looking for the killer in the woods. So again, like like I said, like this watch thing. Yeah, yeah, like like keep it in 1994. You could suspend disbelief and say this was actually happening in a movie. But now that you watch it, it's clearly in hindsight. This is all, you know, a nightmare dream fantasy brought on by brain scan. Because like, why would they think that they were gonna like you know they deputize all these civilians kind of to go like look for the killer. But, like, why do you think the killer is in the woods right there <laughs> at that time? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is very like a dream. Like, things yeah. only make sense in the time that you're dreaming. Yeah. And then, like, when you pick them apart, they don't. And it makes sense because, like, he's basically just being hypnotized and falling asleep. 
Yeah, I always thought this scene was scary and like this this thing. I don't know why this scene always reminds me of the part in Halloween Four as well, when all the the town drunks grab their shotguns to go look for Michael it, it, Myers. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and like I always thought this was scary. Um, he hides in like the basement of this like you know under construction house. He just hides under like a bunch of tarps and shit. Mm-hmm. And we get the return of the dog. Yeah. He doesn't have the foot in his mouth yet, though. Yeah. So he killed his third person on accident just a second ago when his teacher was trying to grab him. And then, like, it was this under construction house. He knocked over a scaffold and all the bricks fell on the guy. Yeah, he's basically like, you know, he doesn't want to keep playing these discs. And he, yeah. he basically he's able to get him to just like, you won't have to kill anybody, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's, he's you know, not trying to kill people, but he's still responsible for their death. Exactly. It's, it's making it worse for him. You know what, too, is that there's a line that I always laugh at, and I forgot all about it, but, like, whenever, uh, after the first game, he goes, oh, uh, there you were seen, there was a, a witness. Yeah. And the way the way Edward Furlong goes, how was there a witness? Like, I always laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how was there his like little boy shouting, um, you know, uh, acting is actually fun to watch in this movie. Oh yeah, it's almost like as if he read like you could think that's just Edward Furlong reacting to reading the script in the moment too. Like, how was there a witness? Exactly like, what he said out loud. But I that's kind of funny too. Uh, the cop comes up and he goes, "Yeah, I'm a cop," and he, he points the gun at him, like hoping like. That won't scare them enough to fucking like react. I know. Goes, I'm a cop. Like you should have shown them your badge. Like why'd you point a gun at them? But it makes sense because it's a dream. Yeah, and just everybody's confused and in the dark, and it's like, um, but like that that setting of the um, you know, whatever the setting of like the half completed construction neighborhood like it worked good in this i thought it was really cool when they used it in uh return of living dead 2 um there was someone damn i'm blanking it. oh um what was it oh i think jennifer's body where she takes that one guy into that that under construction house to bang him and then eats him i thought that was good yeah like i've been wanting to watch that movie again like i, I saw it one time when it came out I like it, man. Like, like I actually I bought remember, the Blu-ray yeah. a while ago. I remember thinking, like, this isn't as bad as I figured it would be. I don't know why I was thinking it was going to be bad. Like, I don't remember if it was rated PG-13 or something. No, it's R. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Zach, I was talking about this, how the, the soundtrack is so awesome in this movie. Despite Aerosmith posters being all over this movie, their music is not in it. But um, here's all the bands on the soundtrack. It's a super lineup. By the way, this CD is out of print, obviously. It's, it goes for $78.08 on Amazon if you want it. But yeah, the, the bands are Tad, Dandelion, Alcohol, Funny Car, Primus, OLD, Mud Honey, Butthole Surfers, Pitch Shifter, White Zombie, Stuttering John, and then George S. Clinton with the Brain Scan title theme. But um, oh yeah, you know what song should have been in this movie that wasn't? Is what? uh, you ever hear Eddie Furlong sing "People Are Strange" <laughs> by the Doors? <laughs> I have it, but I thought you were gonna bring up his uh, yeah. album. Yeah, he has an his album, album. <laughs> and and yeah, most of them are just like these bubblegum, you know, teen songs. I think he filmed it or not filmed it, but recorded it like. A year after he did uh, Terminator, 
But yeah, yeah, he is so, I mean, pretty much the whole, all the tracks I've heard, he's pretty bored, but he is so bored singing The Doors, man. It's hey, really yeah. like, it's really like, ding, 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 people are strange when you're a stranger. Apparently what happened was he must have like had like a lot of appeal in like Korea. Yeah. He did, so he, tried... he did like noodle commercials and shit overseas. Yeah. Okay. So they tried to like make him some kind of K-pop star for like mm. a hot second. He had an album come out, yeah. and I, I think you could you could only get it in Korea. He's probably hoping to God like with the internet that people don't discover it. <laughs> I don't think he gives a shit. In all honesty, he's Possibly, just yeah. like if you brought it up, he'd just be like, "Yeah, whatever, man, whatever." <laughs> you know what's funny is I I remember on the uh, on the special features of a uh, um, Detroit Rock City. Yeah. Like there's a, a featurette of them recording basically like cuz at the beginning of the movie yeah. they're like they're a Kiss cover band. Yeah. They call themselves Mystery and at the beginning they're they're performing in their basement a little song. I think it's uh, uh what's the song called? I want to rock and roll all night and yeah. stuff. I think that's what it is. And like there's a featurette of them recording it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like sitting there like I'm telling you dude, I suck. I suck. Yeah. And like like as if he's been there before in a studio and done it before. Yeah. So, so that's probably what he's referring to. And they ended up just like not even using any of his like verses. Like they just have him scream into the mic pretty much. I actually watched that. He's like he starts out, he's getting ready to do the take. He's he's in the recording booth with a fucking cigarette and he's like, All right, man, he puts a cigarette out and he's like, You want all you got. You got He's like, You keep on dancing and I like your style. Yeah. It's like yeah, I can see why they didn't use any of that. If you notice, it's weird. Like, like I love Eddie Furlong. I've been watching some of his convention interviews and stuff. But, like, yeah, he had, like, a young kid's voice when he did these movies. You know, his voice hadn't kind of quite, uh, you know, cracked or broke or whatever. But when his voice did break, it, like, he kind of became, he sounded more like he was in puberty in his adult voice than he did even in his kid voice. It was weird. Amazing. Exactly. Oh, you got a good picture of the shot of the pretty post yeah. there if you were quick to look yeah but i mean it's really like out of the way like you know come here. i like i don't know why i like this part where tricksters recording him with the camera <laughs> exactly see they kind of mentioned his uh mom here or his dad yeah. and he mentions like oh yeah we don't want to talk about that like like implying that his dad like maybe his dad beats like, i don't know like yeah they're just being very vague you can pretty much read into it whatever you want, I guess. But the, there is that one part where the dad calls with, um, like, a voicemail, and he sounds, like, very sad. He's like, oh, Mike, you know, I'm so, I know it's yeah. be there, but it's going to take a couple more days. Got to finish up this business deal, and, you know. Would that, like, would that even be legal, like, to leave your kid? It's like, <laughs> no. high school age. And, yeah, no, not at so. all. But, I mean, if the mom's dead, what are you going to do, you know? Yeah. I think I think if you have money or whatever, you know, like like nobody's going to really report you or whatever. Yeah, I guess he it does kind of imply he might be like a rich kid because of yeah. his room and everything, all this yeah. stuff he has. You know what's funny is uh like uh, I was reading about the movie and like I, I landed on the review of it by Roger Ebert. Uh-oh. And he's basically talking about how, like, oh, yeah, he's got, like, uh, he's watching the girl next door through his camera. And, like, uh, it, it ends with him saying, like, 
him implying that like uh you know what at the end of the, like uh he's looking at him through the camera on the tv and he's like oh yeah and uh you know the only thing that worries me is he's probably thinking more like oh what a great shot rather than like oh what uh, hot chick and it's like are you, are you implying that like this isn't weird that he's spying on his neighbor yeah and like uh, what the fuck are you imply? Like, uh, like he's gay? Like, what are you doing here, Roger Ebert? Like, that was uh, it was a review that, like, if he was still alive, he might be getting canceled for. Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of movie cucks, because um, I'm I'm actually old enough to remember a time before the internet, Zach, and I remember being a kid who loved movies. I couldn't wait till the Saturday night, like four in the morning, they would drop off the Sunday newspaper. I would run out in the middle of the night to get the newspaper to look at the movie ads and shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the movie times and stuff in the newspaper. And then, like, because it really wasn't like the internet. Like, you couldn't just, like, watch trailers and clips wherever you wanted to. Like, I remember watching Cisco and Ebert every weekend on, like, on Sunday where they, it was, like, little syndicated, whatever their show at the movies. And, like, it was such a treat. When they would like review these movies and show like literally a thirty second clip, you felt like you were getting like something so special watching that. Mm-hmm. Never been done before. Now it's like people do it on YouTube and it's yeah. super easy. But yeah, back then, like yeah, if you wanted to like, you just couldn't like. There wasn't the internet. You couldn't find out if a movie was worth watching before. Yeah. And even then, like even then, it's like just because they didn't like it, don't mean I won't. Like you know, opinions are different. Yeah. So yeah. It, like yeah, it would have been like I, I watch uh, reviews from people I don't agree with uh, like oh, yeah. now. So yeah, like I actually think it's funny to watch people on YouTube like gush and cry over the latest Marvel movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I know I'm just gonna watch it and be like, ah, oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> but other people are like, oh my god, and I'm just like, you know, like it's just funny. I'm uh, like I'm you know honestly surprised that it's still going as strong as it is like there hasn't been fatigue yet you know like people you know and obviously you know we'll have to see to see what happens but like i i think oh she has aerosmith posters too this movie's like sponsored by aerosmith but no aerosmith music in it yeah it's maybe it's possible that they did like because he was in the video or something who knows or maybe the set decorator was just a big fan yeah, supposedly it was an in-joke, but they're carrying this in-joke pretty damn far. But no, like, with Marvel movies, I think they reach their peak now from the simple fact that, like, they've gotten rid of, like, all the main characters or life circumstances have also got rid of some of their new characters that were they thought were going to carry them in popularity. So, like, all their popular characters are out of the stories now. So, I mean... You know, mm-hmm. unless they just keep and like the stuff they have coming up, it's like it's you know, like none of these characters are guaranteed to hit the way the previous ones did. You know, so I wouldn't doubt yeah. if they if they made a little bit of a dip. Like, I mean, the 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 movie going culture is still going to be all about it, but you know. I don't know. Yeah, it's like uh, having a TV series and then like season five or something, they just kill everybody from the old series. Like, right. oh yeah, you're going to have to know a bunch of different people now. And like, yeah, it can be done, but it's taking a big risk. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely, I mean, they, and again, like they could just totally pull it off and people might end up loving the second wave of shit, you know, the second 10 years of Marvel movies more than mm-hmm. the first one. But like, it's pretty much over in terms of like, what came before you know what i mean 
Oh yeah, this uh, I forget about this. He goes, uh, "Who are you?" And he goes, "Haven't you noticed yet? Yeah, I'm you." Yeah, and it's like, are they gonna point out like? But then it, like this gets dropped. Like, oh, it's like it don't matter. It was just part of the game. Yeah, it's like were they gonna, like were they thinking about making it like oh it's uh you know him older so yeah it's really that's that's a decent effect there yeah that's the cool. gouge but you this mean, is terrible I don't know I think it's pretty cool honestly I actually like this imagery as stupid as it is where they they're, they're like yeah. blurring together or whatever mm-hmm. yeah because so like, Trickster's like you gotta go kill Stephanie or whatever whatever her name is mm-hmm. and then they like fight it out. That's like Freddy right there. Yeah, big time. Which Freddy was it that he did that was a part five or was it New Nightmare? Part yeah, New Nightmare. New and Nightmare. It was yeah. Kind of a throwback to like part that's a goofy kind of shot. Oh, I love that shot where he falls down the hallway of Trickster's <laughs> you know mouth. <laughs> it's I remember like uh after I watched the movie and like finding like uh like whenever I found the uh the VHS of it. I remember like that was like a, a picture on the back of the VHS box. I so remember that reason, too. When I think of the movie, I think of that shot. By the way, I love this makeup of like how he's like infected with Trickster now. And it's very subtle. He just has contact lenses and one side of his face is kind of like got veins. Did you see the deleted scene that took place before he came back up? No. What happened? There was basically a, a big special effect that like was like an in-between stage where they were still merged together, but not quite yet. Wow. And he kind of comes up and apparently like, yeah, like everybody was really happy with it, but it just got cut out of the movie and they don't know why it's probably for time. I read it. Yeah. I actually read about that, but I didn't even realize they actually made it. It was like the effects finished and everything when they did it. Yeah. Fully the scenes on the Blu-ray. I got to check it out. I should have checked it out first. Yeah. That makeup on his, like it works. I kind of wish he had a, be- wish he had a better weapon though than those tiny bitch ass scissors. Oh yeah. So yeah, I think uh, it should have like they needed like two more like scenes inside the game, yeah. like uh, murder scenes, and then like yeah, like I I feel like they didn't know how to end it. Something there's something really weird about the way it kind of wraps up and like just like the oh aren't we forgetting something? It's like no, we're not. You you already wrapped that up. (laughs) Already explained that away. They're like there's a part two coming. No, there's not. Like like it makes sense to think like uh okay well different writers maybe they just didn't notice, but then somebody had to edit these scenes together and then watch it after they were done. Yeah. It, it makes me think like they get to this, like the, cause it happens like kind of, they do kind of a fake out where it's like, Oh, the, tr- the, the credits start. And then it's like, aren't we forgetting something? And then like it, it cracks and then the credits, the credits are like glass and yeah. like it shatters. It makes me think that they were just like so impressed with how that turned out. They were like, you know, we could cut out this thing that doesn't make sense, but I like that effect. Let's just keep it in. No one will notice. Exactly. And if they do, they'll be like, what? And then they'll forget about it. So who cares? Who cares? I think this when Langella comes in and shoots him, like just the way he walks into the, all of a sudden he's in the house, he walks in. I think even the first time you watch this movie, that's how you know that's fake right here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they kind of do a thing where he's infected with Trickster's, like, essence or whatever. And then, like... 
you know, the girl's like, oh, I actually love you too, Michael. And, like, that's what kind of saves him and stops him from having to murder her. But, uh, yeah, it was, it, it, I like the ending, but it's kind of weird that that's the ending, like, in the dream world or whatever. Like, Yeah, I feel like the entire third act seems a little messy. Yeah. In some way. But, like, it's just, the movie's, like, so uh, charming. Yeah. I just forgive it. And it almost like the way like uh, they reuse the shot of the dog walking it yeah. makes you think did they just not have like enough to shoot an ending and they had to make one out of like just footage shot? Well, yeah, it's it's really weird too. Yeah, I don't know because they use that shot at the beginning of the dog and then they like wait, there's something. Here's the shot you saw in the beginning of the dog and it's just kind of like. And I remember as a kid thinking like not noticing like. Maybe I did notice, but it was like, oh, yeah, I guess they're implying that, like, oh, yeah, maybe it is real. But then, like, I don't remember thinking as an, like, until, like, watching it recently, I was like, the dog never had and left with the foot, though. Right. So it only makes sense that it's somebody else playing the game. Well, also, too, like, the dog doesn't even exist. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, because cause he only sees the dog after he's deep into the brain scan dream world. So it's like... Like I said, like, you kind of how, like, he just sees, like, in the last scene, Trickster pop back into reality, like, in the principal's office or whatever, or the teacher's mm-hmm. office, I should say. Like, it's kind of like that dog just pops up in reality, but it's not real. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, you know, and it could just be, like, they didn't care, they didn't, whatever, it's it's sloppy, it's whatever. But it that's why, like, I do get, like, a weird sense of, like time repeating itself or there being some kind of like at least psychic mental loop going on here with this game Mm -hmm. and it does happen right after the scene where he gives because he's got this uh like school thing he does where he brings horror movies yeah into the horror club and they which is fucking awesome like i don't know how he got away with that like i wish i could have done that as a kid oh yeah like yeah this scene right here is like oh Kyle, you're alive. I, Kyle, oh man, I love you. It's like, man, fucking kiss the kiss him already. God damn. I know. Get like, it. Tempting me. I always thought that was the corniest line when he's like, "Hey," because he's Furlong's hugging him all hard, and he has that little knife thing around his neck. He's like, "Hey, watch out for my charm, man. They're magically delicious." Oh. I was just like, <laughs> they just like so wanted like a Bill and Ted type dumb character to be his buddy. Probably they probably wanted us to like oh that's why that charm was in his fridge like just in yeah. case we didn't notice it before or something exactly oh it's just it's the thing he wears okay <laughs> even though we know he wears it because when he sees it he's like Kyle as soon as he sees it uh huh yeah so yeah so it also too like one kind of like whatever is like if you look in the background of that horror club scene that you're talking about where they watch horror movies at school there's like two or three actually really hot young girls in that in that scene. But he, Eddie, even though those girls are into horror and everything, Eddie Furlong ain't after them. He wants the popular, like, normal girl next door. Yeah, this girl, like, right here that Kyle starts talking to, yeah. and it implies they might, like, become, like, you know, acquaintances. It's like uh, the, the, the clothes she's wearing reminds me of fucking uh, Doug's uh, sister from the show Doug. Yeah. Fucking what's her name? Judy Funny. I don't know. Doug's Doug's way after my time, man. Oh yeah, I forgot. I'm too old for Doug. 
like a weird fucking like what's that called like fucking beatnik or whatever like she's sitting around like in a circle hitting the bongos reciting some poetry like weird shit you know what's weird too is uh zach like this like party scene especially that friend that you're talking about that girl with the glasses this whole party scene at the end dude it reminds me so much of that movie can't hardly wait i love that movie actually yeah i remember going to see it saw it by myself yeah, that's one of my favorite like uh, teen sex comedies. Even though yeah. it's not a sex comedy, right. like sex happens in it, but it's not really. I can't. It's been a while since I've seen it. What's the deal? Like the guy's trying to get across town to get to a party where the girl he likes is at. It, the whole movie is the party. It's really weird. Like usually the the party is just like the the beginning of the movie and then the movie goes on. The whole movie takes place at a party, and like yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it too. But like fucking yeah basically like a whole bunch of shit happens like he has to leave at some point like yeah because he's gonna he's it's one of those like oh i'm gonna be leaving to go to school somewhere else so i only got so much time to like let the girl next door the girl i have a crush on know that i like her so yeah Mm -hmm. and it's uh jennifer love hewitt yeah i always liked her oh yeah munchie fame (laughs) Her first movie, which I'm sure she doesn't want anybody to know about. Yeah. This is where, like, yeah, he, he's like, yeah, you, you think we could date? She's like, I don't know, maybe. She's like, she's like, no, I don't think so, Michael. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, uh, well, uh. and then she gives him maybe. He's like, yes, maybe. Oh, oh, oh. See, I think it's implying. <laughs> I think it's implying she's playing hard to get because right. he notices here that she she's got pictures of right. Her. Which so it's like, it's weird that in the dream world he, she told him about the pictures and it turned out to be true. So like there is like a weird synergy between tricksters like dream world and like the real world. Oh yeah, checking out Fangoria there. Yeah, reading the Freddy's Dead issue, I believe. He's got the poster on the wall. Yeah, he's like, yeah, this chick is really into me, man. <laughs> I wish I could do a fucking furlong impression. <laughs> <laughs> he could probably do one when he sings "People Are Strange," just oh, sound yes. just sound really boring. People are strange when you're a stranger. <laughs> I remember there was a skit on this HBO show when I was a kid called "Not Necessarily News," and they were like did like a commercial of like all these dead like singers and shit like if they would have lived. And they did like an old fat Jim Morrison. I remember the guy singing. People are strange. When you're drinking, show them your penis scares them away. <laughs> that was on what? Is this? There was this like spoof show called Not I Necessarily imagine. the oh, News okay. on HBO, like in the early <laughs> '80s, and they would do like fake news reports and like fake commercials and stuff. I loved it as a kid. Sounds dank. So yeah, because the teacher was like, "Oh, I don't approve of your horror club. These movies are too gory to show at school." He's like, "Anything you want to show, you gotta like show it to me first. So, of course, Furlong's like, "Hey, man, what if I give him brain scan?" So yeah, maybe that's what it's implying that this is because the teacher's playing it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I thought about it, like looping around, like like the second time. But that still doesn't explain the dog at the beginning. See, like this shot of the dog running, isn't that the? I mean, am I mistaken, Zach? Isn't that the exact same shot that's in the beginning of the movie? It was. Yeah, it was just a reuse shot. Yeah. But it's weird that you would like show it first and then like reuse it for the end part. 
of like, hey, Trickster's still going strong. Because this is, yeah, this is Furlong's house, right? Or no, is this it a is, different house? I think it is. Yeah, I think it? it's Furlong's house. Yeah, because he has that gravel driveway. So you can't even like, maybe the dog got fucked up. It's a, it's a glitch in the game. They gotta yeah. put out that patch update because it's just it, every time somebody plays it, it just takes the foot back to Furlong's house. It's gotta be it. Exactly. They need that day one DLC. I mean, apparently that foot, whatever, is, I, I'm assuming, is from when the teacher played Brain Scan. And it just... Yeah. That's but a cool sh- dog, though. They just like the yeah. dog so much. They yeah, the, the dog. dog was cool. I did like the dog. Oh, yeah. What do you call those dogs? Are those German Shepherds? I don't know. I'm actually terrible with dog breeds. I think that yeah. is what it is, though. Yeah. I always thought they were pretty. It's funny, because they're supposed to be, oh, like... the dog's name is Zach. Yeah, it is. Sense. Zach the dog. <laughs> So, yeah, so I don't know how much justice we did to Brain Scan there. It's basically, even though it is one of my favorite movies, it's basically just a movie about a kid hallucinating the whole movie, thinking he's done these murders and he hasn't, and this this trickster guy comes out. Like, I think you could definitely, like, do um, Best Boy Grip, Paul Tremblay. Isn't that one of the Trailer Park Boys? Uh, (laughs) But anyway, it's like, I think you could do a sequel, Zach. It's just, like... A different like situation and a different person playing the game but you could still have trickster in there you know what i mean hell yes see we need that alternate universe where there were sequels to this movie yeah rather than like saw or something yeah but um yeah oh, like so I- they could do that they could have trickster die in the second one and then the rest <laughs> of the series is them finding tapes in his dick hole and shit <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> Or maybe Furlong could come back and he he comes a tape out of his mouth. Oh yes, <laughs> digital <laughs> effects by Sidley Wright Motion Works. Oh yeah, yeah. But I I did like that scene, like when Furlong woke up from the whole nightmare and he talked to his buddy and he's and Kyle's like, hey man, like don't play that tape. He's like he's like there's some kid who uh, had a brain aneurysm in Texas from playing it. Blah blah blah. See, maybe that's why there was never any sequels, because the yeah. fucking FDA stepped in and took him off the shelf. He got the only copy. Exactly. But you know what's kind of funny? And I meant to bring this up, so the credits are still rolling, so I can still roll out fun facts, right, Zach? Go for it, baby. So you're probably not, maybe you've heard of this, but you don't remember it. Around 88, 89, there was a toy line that is almost like some trickster-type bullshit called Captain Power. And it was like a it was like a syndicated show, Saturday morning type show. It was like live action mixed with like real cheap CGI graphics. But the gimmick was was there's a toy line, of course, Zach. And mm. the toys, um, you know, there'd be like a normal guy and he would transform into Captain Power, like he did some shit, like Masters Universe and he turned into Captain Power. But the the gimmick was the toys, the vehicles, and then the Captain Power station, which was just this little thing that he stood on. Like, there were, like, these jets, and then there was, like, robots and stuff. But it, the, the TV show, when it showed on TV, it actually shot out uh, flashes of light, kind of like how Trickster was doing. And mm. it, would, it would activate your, um, your toys that you had. That's genius. So, like, the main toy was, like, when you bought Captain Power, you came on the power base or whatever it was. And, like, when it saw the signal from the TV, the, to- the the power base would light up and make all the noises like he was transforming into Captain America or Captain Power. And That's then awesome. there was like a good guy jet and a bad guy jet you could buy. And if you had both, you could run around. And they had like they were jets, but they had gun handles on them, so you could fly them around like wee. 
but then they shot out like laser tag signals so like you could actually shoot your buddies like um you know a little jet or whatever and then like that would make uh the the cockpit of the thing like blow out the figure that was in there and then also the tv show again shooting the signals could make your jet blow up too so but anyway it kind of reminded me about brain scan which is kind of funny but also a weird connection between the two was that guy who played the asshole teacher, you know, who was like shutting down the horror club. He actually played the main bad guy in Captain Power. Dog. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So that's Brain Scan. Um, Halloween is quick upon us. I hope Brain Scan was a, a movie you horror fans, you retro movie lovers could uh, get into and, you know, help celebrate the season a little bit. Uh, one of my favorites. Um I don't know, yes. just, you know, it's kind of weird because the, the movie blew me away when I was a kid, but then when you watch it now, you kind of realize how basic of a movie it is, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know, I, I, think it, I think it still works, I, I wish people would do more, like, because you think about this, this probably wasn't a very expensive movie to make at all, you know what I mean? Yeah, like this is a movie like uh, it's really like uh, nostalgic for me, like uh, the whole atmosphere of the movie is very nostalgic. And like yeah, like that's yeah, it, it's it's a flawed classic to me. Like yeah. for some reason, I uh, like I it, it blows by really fast. Like every time, like I can watch it anytime. Like it's it's donk. It's super donk. It is. It's redonkulous. It's ridiculous how super donk it is. But exactly. um, but yeah. So uh, Zach, I hope you have a good Halloween. You um, too, baby. I hope our our listeners can have a good Halloween. It's been a, a long, hard year so far, and it's not even over yet. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if twenty twenty one is really going to be that much better, really. But you know, we'll hang in there and do the best we can, have as much fun as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at least hopefully Hanukkah will be really good this year. Um, Hell yeah! Fucking yeah. uh. Is Adam Sandler up to the Hanukkah song part eighteen now? I I don't know, but I, I was I, I meant to say, uh, did you see uh, Adam Sandler for Halloween has a Halloween movie coming out on Netflix? I saw that. <laughs> what did you think of uh, of uh, Uncut Gems? Did you ever watch that? I still haven't watched it. No, I, I actually to... really like it. Oh yeah, man! I'm watching the deleted scene. The furlong monster is awesome. Oh yeah. Including this scene into the movie would have made this a true cult classic. Yeah, apparently there was like uh, there was pictures of it in Fangoria and stuff, and then like wow. yeah, it got cut from the movie. Yeah, oh, that's disappointing because it's awesome. But yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's going to be weird too because like usually this time of year, right after Halloween wraps up, that's when we start getting all the uh, like award movies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There ain't going to be none of them this year. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't want to bum people out too much. What's another um, like Halloween season uh, horror movie that you would want to recommend to the listeners, Zach? Huh? Yeah, we we actually mentioned like uh, Pet Cemetery Two is a good one. It takes yeah. place on Halloween. It's got our boy in it. Furlong. Yep. I lo- yeah, I love uh, Night of the Demons One and Two. Yep. I think they both take place on Halloween. They do. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Fucking. Man, I'd have to look. 
and uh, put you on the spot. I would tell people to go watch Fun Size. <laughs> Fun Size. What's that one? It's just a comedy, but it's just about kids going out trick or treating. It's like a PG thirteen Nickelodeon movie comedy. It came out about five or six years ago, and it just has like a cast of wacky characters as these kids go trick or treating. Like Johnny Knoxville pops up in it. And... Oh yeah. But it's really not bad considering you know it's a movie set on Halloween. Obviously, Trick or Treat, the uh, the anthology movie's good. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I just blanked out. There's like another one that takes place on Halloween that's pretty good. Shit, I was just oh the the more recent scary stories to tell in dark happens on Halloween as well. Oh yeah, I actually like that movie. Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was a little you know like I was a little underwhelmed by it, but yeah. yeah need to go back and watch it there's some parts that are better worse than others however you want to phrase it but i really like that scene with the guy in the uh the fucking cornfield i dug that oh yeah what's his name fucking uh bully yeah i forgot his i forgot the name of the scarecrow's name also another one i'm going to publicly admit the liking this is even more shameful uh sack <laughs> If you want a good uh, like Halloween movie that takes place on Halloween as well, maybe maybe you know to watch with younger younger kids or something. I actually like Goosebumps too. I I didn't hate that movie. Yeah, yeah. You Goosebumps the first one or Goosebumps two? I actually own them both. I I don't remember if I saw the second one yet or not. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the first one was entertaining. I like I like the second one because it takes place on Halloween. Oh, I like them both, but the second one in particular about Halloween. Like I like because it, it takes place on Halloween and like there's actually like a scene where they go into the uh, the uh, like uh, like grocery store and there's like a Halloween aisle and they have like masks of the Goosebumps characters. So it's Hell pretty cool. Yeah. I like Jack Black too. I do too. And uh, that's another thing that's weird. Like I guess because he just wanted to do a smaller whatever like. When Goosebumps 2 came out, they made it look like Jack Black wasn't in it. But he, like, in the third act, he pops up as a surprise, and then he's, like, in the finale of the movie. Oh, yeah, I don't think I saw that one. Yeah, it's pretty weird how they did that, but they they did it. Dog. So, yeah, man, if you don't have any other uh, Halloween words of wisdom, we'll, we'll get out of here, because I, I know we both got jack-o'-lanterns we got to get carved here. Oh, yes. I wish I would have fucking made a list. Yeah. It sucks when you're trying to think of things and you can't. Yeah. At least all the Halloween movies take place on Halloween. Mm-hmm. You can always fall back on those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure the original trick... Well, not original, but the, the first movie called Trick or Treat with Sammy Kerr. Doesn't that... like Don't, don't the... Yeah. The There's a Halloween Concert dance. he gives yeah. at the end. It's yeah. on Halloween, I think, at the school. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We gotta find some more furlong flicks to do, dude. Hell yeah. This guy's too good of an actor. Maybe for next Halloween we'll do uh, Pet Cemetery 2. Hell yes. I still gotta do the first Pet Cemetery on here as well. That's a fucking depressing movie. The first one, yeah. It's pretty hardcore. Like, exactly. Like, I don't think part two gets, gets enough credit because it's a pretty fun movie and, like, you really don't have to deal with, like, any, like, real serious downer tragedy in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember, like, they both have kind of a depressing feeling to them, though. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They they are very somber because, like, with Furlong in Pet Cemetery 2, he's always, like, dreaming of his dead mom. 
Yeah, and that ending where they're like driving away, and it's like, yeah. I never knew anybody that died before, and it shows them all laughing. It's like, yeah. that's fucking depressing. And I'm pretty sure the same director actually came back to do part two. Exactly. So, exactly. Like, yeah. at, the, at the time, people were like, oh, it's a bullshit sequel. Don't go see it because it's not even based on a Stephen King book. But, like, I actually, like, like what they did. Like, I think that's there's something to be said to that of these these books that get turned into successful movies. Like, I like I think it's, like, interesting to do, like, a sequel that's, like, just a completely original sequel and not based on a book. You know what I mean? Exactly. When I was a kid and I wanted to be a director when I grew up, the fucking first thing I was going to do was Bill and Ted 3. Hmm. The second thing I was going to do was Pet Cemetery Tree. Oh, that would have been donk. And we dog. We're gonna get fucking uh, our boy Furlong back. We do, yeah. Get him back because yeah, his character's still alive. Oh yeah. Hey man, yeah. there's some shit going on in this pet cemetery over here. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, where are you when I need you? Exactly. So Fuck yeah, it, uh, the, the dead corpse of Jared Rushton's still haunting him. Oh god, yes, it will haunt you forever. They, and like. There's actually Jared good Rushton. makeup on him and uh, yeah, Clancy Brown yeah. in that movie. Yeah, and like Jared Rushton could like run into like his uh, long lost buddy Tom Hanks. We're gonna get him to be in the third one. He's gonna be a corpse too, and they're gonna be trying to find the fucking uh, the little Edward Furlong bitch. Mm-hmm. They're gonna make fun of him because his mom died. Oh yeah. Because that's like that's like what he did. Like I remember watching as a kid. It's like, damn man, are bullies that savage? Make <laughs> yeah. funny because your parents died. <laughs> I know. I know. That was another one I watched a lot because it was one of like my, you know, one of whatever a dozen tapes that I bought previously viewed at the uh, video stores I found. And like, uh, yeah, I had a copy of Pet Cemetery too. I watched that shit over and over and over. Oh, yeah. It was. Like, that's a Blu ray. Yep. Dude, when that Blu ray came out, I was so freaking happy. I was like in shock. Oh, yeah. But yeah, everybody, when you're listening to the movie Graveyard, and we appreciate that you are listening to the movie Graveyard, I think they're going to want to listen to what, Zach? Fucking, uh, oh, a BTM podcast? And oh, yeah. uh, Mac is Zach Save the World. You know what's funny is uh, on the recent episode, we did, uh, uh, it's gearing up for the Oktoberfest. We, we did mm-hmm. uh, Mac and Zach, we did uh, The Blob, the remake. Oh, yeah. And we mentioned during it that, like, man, Remember, like, one of the, like, we were talking about, like, when we were conceiving, like, one of the first ideas for a title for the podcast we came up with was Cum Junkies. Oh. <laughs> and we were like, why didn't we call it Cum Junkies? We should have. And then we, like, we we kind of, like, talk about, like, should we just rebrand as Cum Junkies? Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> we probably won't. Mac and Zach saved the cum junkie. There actually is a podcast I, I like come across snippets of it on YouTube, like episodes of it, and it's pretty funny called Cum Town. That's what that's why I thought of it. Because yeah. somebody somebody on our comments said this uh this podcast could be like Cum Town, but you guys need at least one Jewish guy in the bunch. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's kind of funny because we were gonna call this because <laughs> I, I remember like yeah, I had never listened to Come Town, but I've heard of it. And every time I've heard of it, it sounds, I think, that sounds kind of like Mag and Zag. Like, yeah, stuff we joke about and shit. And then I was like, that that's what kind of brought it up. Like, we were going to call the, the show Come Junkies. <laughs> kind of funny. Maybe Great Minds Think Alike, after all. They probably do. I like I like Mac and Zach better though, because you guys talk a lot more about Polly Shore, and then uh, mm-hmm. Mac does a Pee Wee Herman laugh quite a bit. 
Oh, yes. So, yeah, everybody have a great, uh, happy Halloween. We'll be talking to you soon. Uh, you know, apologize for going horror heavy here at the end of the year, but, uh, you know, it's what you got to do. All right, everybody, we'll see you back here soon with all the smashed jack-o'-lanterns right here in the movie graveyard. Dog. lesson from it all uh, I don't know man that's a that's a really big uh, that's a very big vague statement I, I, I couldn't tell you um, like I said if uh, somebody was like you know here's some mouthwash here's my cock suck this and I'll let you play John Connor I'd be like well my career's in the dumps right now so fuck I'll do whatever you want me to man I'll walk around in high heels I'll do whatever you want man